Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host Paige and I am so thankful that you are joining us today. Hey, if you wouldn't mind taking a second to go ahead and leave a review and a rating for our show that just helps us out so much as we are continuing to reach more like-minded women and it's also just so encouraging and is a great way to give us feedback. I say us, it's like myself, (laughs) but it is such a great way for me to get feedback and hear more about what you guys are loving and what you are wanting to hear more of on the show. So some feedback that we actually got on Instagram is that a lot of you are wanting to have more content related to homemaking, specifically cooking, and I'm so excited that today is a show talking about motherhood, but definitely a lot of that cooking and homemaking as well. Sierra Denham is a friend that I have made through Instagram, and I am just so deeply encouraged and inspired by her. She is such a wonderful mom and wife, and just her walk with the Lord has been so encouraging to me, specifically in this time where my girls are five months and almost two, like 23 months. And so I know that her kids were, I think, like 22 months apart. And so we honestly spend the first like half of the show just talking about the early years of marriage and motherhood and what that was like for her, especially being so young when they started their family. And then she also shares where her passion for home-cooked meals comes from and breaks it down very practically as to like how to start meal planning, grocery shopping, all the things. It is so good, you guys. I cannot wait for you to listen to our conversation. Let's dive on in. Sierra, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be talking with you today. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. So fun. So yeah, we got connected, I guess, through Instagram. We were kind of talking about this because of Bella. She -hmm. and I have like formed a friendship just being young moms and having our kids in similar ages. Is that how we found each other? I don't really remember. Yeah, you popped up on my suggested uh, follows. Uh-huh. And then I was looking at your blog today and I saw that you like had printed off Hannah Westby's uh, like Christmas stuff and she's yeah. my sister-in-law. Oh my gosh. She's married to my brother. <laughs> Wait, stop. Yes. Did he design those? I can't yes. remember. They're the coolest. I love so, that. I'm like, oh my gosh, you've been connected to my family like for so Instagram probably for years. And yeah. then, yeah. And then Bella. I'm friends with Bella. Yeah. What a small world. I love that. I love how it makes the world feel even smaller, which is just comforting in mm-hmm. you know, these crazy times. Yes. So could you start off by sharing a bit about your family, what you do, and where you guys live? So um, I am was born and raised in Southern California, North County, San Diego. I got married to my high school sweetheart. I met him when I was 16 and he was 19. And uh, we dated a few years and then ended up getting married. Praise the Lord. Um, And we are approaching our six year anniversary. Oh my gosh. It feels like way too long. (laughs) It feels really long, but I also feel like we blinked at the same time. Yeah. So in that, I think we've moved. This is like the fourth or fifth house we've lived in. And we've had two kids. So um, we got married in March of 2016. And then I ended up getting pregnant five months later with our firstborn. And then two years later, like 20 months later, we got pregnant with, or we had our second. So when he was one, we got pregnant. Okay. And um, 
we just actually moved across the country from San Diego to Vero Beach, Florida. So this is like our big adventure. Craziest thing we've done <laughs> that yes. we never thought. Is your husband originally from California too? Was he like born and raised yeah. there as well? So he was born and raised in California, but Northern California. Um, and then we got connected through our churches actually. And um, he was serving at a youth camp that I attended. <laughs> I love that. I love the yeah. like camp mission trips thing. Yep. We're a camp love story. <laughs> That's so cute. I love that. So man, you guys have had so much transition, yeah. which I know you and I have talked about just kind of like in our personal stories. And I know that is the experience of so many listeners, especially like deciding to get married young um, and then having kids and moves and school and jobs. It's like all so much, yeah. uh, especially in your 20s. And so I just love to hear a little bit about what it was like for you getting married young and then getting pregnant five months in. Yes. Okay. So I think first off, I want to say that um, I wish someone had told me that when you get married young, you are kind of signing up to watch your spouse grow up in a way. And you are as well growing up and you're in the process of growing up together because your brains are still like totally developing. Even now, my brain is still oh. growing and developing. Um so you kind of have to expect that a lot of change is going to happen in the first years of your marriage. And um, I think that looking back, I've it, like that's been the experience for me and all my friends that got married young as well. For us, when we were working our way through premarital counsel counseling, we went through like very intensive marriage counseling before we got married. And um, something they actually discussed was like, our vision for our family and kids. And we always knew that we both wanted to have kids. And we decided during that premarital counseling that we just both really felt that we were supposed to live on one income and that I was not going to start working. Um, like when we got married, I was in school at the time. And that was like such a leap of faith for us uh, and like really hard decision. And to our outside community looked so weird and different. Um, so, and the, the reasoning behind that was we didn't want to go from like dual income, no kids to all of a sudden I get pregnant and then we have to switch to one income. Like it just made things feel like more messy totally. if we pursued having kids. So Looking back, I can see that like, the Lord totally foreknew this and put this on our hearts during premarital counseling. And it was really um, so comforting once I actually did get pregnant and was throwing up and like literally couldn't have worked to have the comfort of like, oh, we're used to this. We're used to the squeeze of living on one income. Um, and I know that's like a privilege and not everyone has that opportunity, but I'm really thankful the morning I found out I was pregnant, I was alone and it was a Sunday morning and I was like, gosh, I, my period is late. This is so weird. It's like we were traveling, like maybe my ovulation was off. This is so strange. I don't feel normal. I feel really grumpy. And so I took a pregnancy test and like immediately, you know, like when the whole thing just like flashes purple. <laughs> you're like instant two lines no doubt about it I was like I don't I don't believe this I don't and then my first thing was like googling can you get a false positive pregnancy test <laughs> it's like no doubt you can't and so then I went to Dollar Tree and I got like 10 more tests and just kept taking taking them and they were all positive of course and I remember going to church because I was like oh, like my stomach just completely dropped. I was shaking. I was, and then my first thought was like, oh my gosh, I do not know how to be a mom. And I feel like a child myself. Like, how am I going to be a mom? <laughs> and it just felt like a major, like, oh my goodness, this is something I need to surrender to God, like immediately. Wow. 
because I feel completely inadequate and incapable of doing this task that obviously he's calling me to. So that was my first like experience with pregnancy slash motherhood was just like complete inadequacy and like I don't know if it was fear or just like the weight of it really, really hit me. Yeah. And it probably wasn't wise to take the test alone. <laughs> yeah, because then you have all these emotions. And then you said that you had to go to, to church. church and just not tell anyone. <laughs> and, my, and my husband was leading worship. So it's not like I'm going to tell him in between the services. Like, yeah, by the way, I'm pregnant. <laughs> So, yeah, I want to hear your, I want to hear your, uh, like, experience of finding out. (laughs) Yes. Well, I honestly was kind of in the opposite camp, I guess. Like, I did not realize how hard parenting and motherhood would be. So I was, like, pretty ready. I was really excited to um, get pregnant. So we got married, let's see, November of 2018, and then I graduated from college the following December Okay, when I was like four or five months pregnant, I think. Um, And so we knew basically right away when we got married like that there was a window that we wanted to prevent, I guess, so I didn't have to like graduate uh, or have a baby like before graduating, but Mm -hmm. we just did like natural family planning for that Mm -hmm. and then it's so funny like after that window passed I guess like in April where I would have been I think delivering like January or February I was like okay let's do it which was kind of a shock I think to my husband but I had a history of endometriosis and so it took like all the women in my family 10 plus years to get pregnant oh my goodness and so we were like Ah, whatever. That's probably going to be my story too. We're just not going to worry about it. And again, like we know children are a blessing from the Lord. Like there's really not a huge reason why it wouldn't work. And so I get pregnant like two months later, which was a shock. I was still really surprised, but I think I, the Lord has used motherhood to like humble me a lot because I think I was like oh it's not going to be a big deal you know I don't know I I don't know what I thought and so rather than like there was an element of shock because I thought it would take a lot longer and my husband decided to go to grad school and so I don't think we really thought through logistically how that would work as far as like him being in grad school and then me staying home just like financially that brought some challenges but Mm -hmm. also just like the sheer relief of like wow it doesn't look like infertility is going to be our story you know yes so exciting yeah overall it was great obviously but I was I think I would say a little prideful and overconfident Mm -hmm. in my abilities and then motherhood came and I was like whoa this is really hard (laughs) I always say that like the day your baby's born is the day the mother dies, like in the best way. Like yes. you're bringing life into the world so that you can die daily to yourself and your fleshly desires, yes. <laughs> whether it's sleep, like food, like you're just, you are faced with not being able to meet some of like your most basic human needs. And it's so good. It's such a, good like test of character and it's humbling because we mess up and yeah and I love the way you're talking about it because I think our culture so easily convinces us that it's like a huge burden and we deserve to be resentful of Mm -hmm. our children our husbands like it's so easy to fall into that like my husband takes a shower every day before work and sometimes even if like, not that he's totally helpful, but he like has to go to work, you know, he has to be there by a certain time. And I just feel lucky to brush my teeth before 9am, you know? And so I think it's been just a good journey. I'm learning to like, I guess, obviously ask the Lord for help and also like rewire these thought patterns. It's not like, Mm -hmm. 
I'm so resentful that John can shower whenever he wants and no one's needing him, but like instead being grateful for how refining motherhood really can be, especially with littles. (laughs) Totally. Or going to the bathroom by yourself. Oh my gosh. Yes, I know. (laughs) So you guys got pregnant then. How many months after your first was born? So I was five. We were five months into marriage with Liam. And then we had him right after our first year anniversary. Okay. And um, and then with Ada, we got pregnant. So it was a surprise again. So Liam oh actually gosh. was born with like a pretty like major birth defect, defect slash health thing. Um, he had something called a tethered cord. And it's like a mild case of spina bifida kind of um, where his cord was tethered to his spinal cord was tethered to like a a fatty tissue, tumorous thing that was benign um, at the base of his spine. And so it was such a trial. So first, I feel like I need to go back a little bit. So first, he was the most um, fussy baby I've ever experienced in my entire life. Um, He screamed non-stop like I couldn't really go out in public because people were so shocked at the like sheer volume of his scream Mm. and like anytime I would take him to the pediatrician um because I knew like something is wrong like they're like we've never heard a baby that can cry so loud um so that was like the biggest test I think like And I felt so, like, is there something wrong with me? Like, do I just not know how to be a mom? Like, Mm -hmm. is it because I'm so young? Like, I think that it was such a test for me. And it was so, like, humbling um, because you think, like, oh, I should be able to comfort my baby. And, like, really a mom should be able to comfort a baby. If you're not – I mean, there's – and I just thought it was a classic case of colic. Yeah. Um, But – I just kept bringing him back to the doctor, bringing him back. And then it finally, we finally caught that like, okay, let's do like a a MRI of his lower spine. Um, The pediatrician I ended up taking him to did her residency under the top pediatric neurosurgeon in all of the United States. And so we were able to get in with him the next week. Um, Yeah. And so we had the bummer was I didn't we didn't catch it before a certain point. So we had to put him under for the MRI. And I think like all of that, the Lord was just deepening my faith and like teaching me that like my kids don't belong to me. I am a truly a vessel. They belong to the Lord. And we are vessels that like God wants to work through to use to um, call them ultimately to to him, their heavenly father. And so um, the Lord was just like totally ministering to me. Like he is my child before he's your child. And whether the surgery, like, so he ended up having to go in for surgery and it was just all this ordeal that we didn't expect. And like, while it was so unexpected and hard, it was just like the Lord ministered so much to me in that season. And it was so reassuring, like, see like his fussiness and his screaming wasn't because of my incapability as a mom. Like there was truly something wrong with him. So we get through his surgery. A month later, he turns one. He hadn't crawled yet at that point either, which was so weird. He had like this really weird crawl. Yeah. He got his surgery and he was crawling perfectly. Oh my gosh. He like was screaming in his car seat. He started sleeping through the night. Like it was like. Everything just clicked. He's like normal now. Yes. Yeah. He wasn't he was just experiencing extreme nerve pain. Um poor baby. I know. It was so sad. For a year we didn't I mean eleven months we didn't know. Yeah. 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 So we get pregnant with our second born and um I and it was su- such a blessing. We were excited. It ended up being a girl. Um And actually two months before I got pregnant with her, someone came up to me and said, the Lord told me that you're going to have a baby girl by the end of next year. Oh my gosh. 
Um, we are not having another baby. We just got through something so traumatic. Yeah. And, but then there were like a few people in the room and our pastor's wife at the time came up to me and she's like, I really think that that is like from the Lord. And we were just like, <laughs> I just got chills. So you like just made it through the surgery with your one year old and you're, how old are you guys? Uh, like, I think I was, oh, how old was her I when I had her? 22. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yeah. So then turns out I ended up getting pregnant and I just instantly knew her name already. I knew it was going to be Ada because her name means adornment mm. and she is just like some, like a total added blessing. And um, during her pregnancy, it was like a really hard pregnancy. Obviously you're changing poopy diapers while you're sick. Yeah. Did you have to do like, I mean, you, of course you did. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I remember we were doing cloth diapers with Flora oh. and then I was like, nope, I am done. I don't want to yeah. spray this and smell it anymore. My husband's like, babe, are you sure? Like, it's so cost effective. I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> Sorry. It's so bad. <laughs> so, Yeah my pregnancy with her and then I had her and she was just a normal baby like no um like I was just shocked that I could put her down yeah (laughs) and like she could do tummy time and she could go in her crib and like fall asleep while I played with Liam I mean obviously there were fussy periods but it was like oh my gosh this is a normal baby like it's not something wrong with me like it was Mm. such a comfort yeah. And I think during that time, the Lord really like ministered to me and taught me like that my sufficiency and my enoughness is not in anything I do as a mom or anything I offer them as a mom. It's simply in being like God's daughter. Because as you know, like you're in this season right now, there's days where you're like in your pajamas from the moment you wake up to the moment you sleep. And sometimes it doesn't end in that day. Like it's like compounds over like a few days and it's just like, or you get to the end of the day and you're like, Oh my gosh, I haven't even eaten. Like I, it, I just remembered there were days like that where you're holding a baby all day or someone screaming the whole day long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like we had one of those days on Tuesday and what, is so interesting about those types of days too is it feels like I have this marker in my mind which I've done this enough times I know like I don't know why I keep doing this but I'm like well once it's like bedtime or once John gets home or whatever and then something happens where like that's not working you know it's like for whatever reason they're not going to sleep or John's late and yeah it's like why am I putting my hope in these earthly things that mm-hmm. I think is going to make everything better. And I've been thinking about this lately. Like I really struggle with processing like sad emotions, especially when I'm just like trying to hold it together. You know, like I'm literally responsible. I can't just be like crying and not tending to my children and like feeling my feelings. But I've been like, Lord, help me strike this balance of like also not being just pent up and like, yeah, mm-hmm. being strong in my own strength. And then I feel like my husband gets home and I'm just like, blah. And, you know, and like, yes. And that's not, he's there for me, but that's not what he needs after a long day of work and stuff, too. So we're, mm-hmm. we're in the thick of figuring all of that out. Yes. Yeah. It's a really, like, I feel like that season is really, 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 really hard. Two babies is, it's basically just two babies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's hard. Even though Flora's like talking and walking, it's still totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I think something that's been so comforting throughout like my whole motherhood journey is this saying that um, God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. And the fact that like we don't have to come into what he calls us to fully equipped for the work that he uses the work to equip us and qualify us and sanctify us and make us more like him. And I, I just think like it's social media is like 
amazing because it connects people like me and you, which is like, we would have never met and it's so fun. But at the same time, um, I know we all know this, like we're seeing people's highlights. Yeah. And we think that everyone is just like a professional mom, a professional like pro-metabolic eater, a professional like fitness person, a professional yes. like model. Birthday party thrower. <laughs> yeah. Yes, seriously. I just threw Ada a birthday party and I was like, oh my gosh. I, the first thing she said when she woke up was like, where are the decorations? And I just, it was a total mom fail. Oh. I was like, oh, I forgot the decorations. The one thing the three-year-old cares about. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like we see like all these th- people and we like idealize them in our heads and we think like, oh, they're pros at that. But in reality, like none of that really matters except the fact that we're becoming more like Christ. And if the Lord wants to use hard things to make us more like him, then so be it. Mm-hmm. And um, may he work in us in the process. And I think that requires like an openness and really a surrender to what he has for us in the season we're in. So like in your season, it's in the sometimes eight times waking up in the night with the baby to nurse and like he wants to meet you there. And in my season, it's like the 50 million corrections of like, nope, stop talking potty talk. Stop saying that. Like the Lord wants to meet us there. And um, yeah. That's so good. So practically speaking, what did that look like for you in the thick of, this is a total selfish question that I'm asking. Like when you did have, two babies and one of them or both of them are just like screaming because I think I just get so overwhelmed and I'm like I need to like let some of this out that I'm absorbing how do I even do that you know yeah yeah I remember I think when Ada was um your youngest's age there was like a time in the day where like all of a sudden all hell would break loose and it would be like two hours before Pete got home from work. Yes. So like three o'clock. Yeah. It was just like, oh my gosh. And like, you've already been up since like sometimes 530. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not that early, but some mornings it is. Yeah. And you've been dealing with them in the, like, sorry, that's not a good phrase, but you've been mothering them <laughs> for a very long time at that point. Yeah. Um, what helped for us is I would nurse the baby and then I would strap them in their car seats and I would literally put on podcasts and drive. And I felt like the Lord just met me so clearly and the baby would scream until she fell asleep and Leanne would scream. And But it would be like, they're either going to be screaming in the house or they're going to be screaming strapped in and like where I have the chance to like... Um, listen to a podcast yeah. and sometimes I would just put like AirPods in. Yeah. Um, Decompress. Because, yeah. That was like the only thing that worked for like, I think a good three months time. Yeah. Um, and then when they would fall asleep, I would park in like a random parking lot and read um, and journal in the car. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that because I think people even just need permission. Like I've been, struggling back to even social media right it's like I do have a different phone now which has been amazing I'm like not on near as much because we just don't have internet so I can't be but I think that I really struggled with attachment with my first daughter which I didn't even really know because I like hadn't been a mom before Mm -hmm. and I she and I are really a lot closer now and I just had like a super special intimate connection with Juliet and now it's like some things I did a certain way with Flora I'm like sad and so I think I don't know I've just been looking into some sources on sleep training for example and some other things and I'm like wow I just really want to maintain this close attachment Mm -hmm. and maybe I don't want to do some of these things but also when I am at like that point in the day Mm mm-hmm I feel like I have to choose like the lesser of two evils almost where I'm like, okay, you know, I could be crazy mom and like not talking to them kindly 
and not taking yeah. care of myself. Or I could, like you said, listen to a podcast and maybe have something else occupying my ears, but yeah. I'm like being kind. And you're being filled. Like yes. you're letting the Lord minister to you through. And I think you have to be really careful with the podcasts you choose in that season because your time is so limited. So it's like, yeah, maybe like the health podcast. It's like, that's great, but it's just not the season for me to listen to that right now. Mm -hmm. Like I need like the, like almost like spiritual milk, like you're a spiritual infant and you need something that's like easy to digest that the Lord like can use to encourage you in the season you're in. I think like, yes. Risen Motherhood was really good for me in that Love season. Them. Have you listened to Intentional Parents before? No. Oh, I have binged it and I just keep listening because it's um, – have you read John Mark Comer at all? Yes. Okay, yeah. so it's his parents and oh. his sister and her husband. And it's amazing because it, like, helps me keep my eyes on the prize. I'm like, mm -hmm. look at – you know, obviously that goes back to, like, not – idealizing people and they're so like yeah. open and honest about they're not perfect mm -hmm. and their struggles and whatnot but looking at a family who has values and yeah. has a closeness that I want to have with mm -hmm. my adult children I'm like okay all of this effort is worth it and yes. I just appreciate you again sharing that and almost yeah giving permission it's like good to have I think plans and ideals and approaches to use the majority of the time, but mm -hmm. if I'm at, or if the girls are at 10 out of 10, having a very hard time, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, to, yeah, put yes. in a podcast or to just I think too, like, it's kind of good to have a plan for when things just go crazy. Like, yes, it's like you have a plan, but then if all else fails, here's what we can do. And I think it's so easy to feel powerless in those moments. I just remember like feeling so powerless, like, yeah. I'm stuck. Like I'm stuck here in this house and they're so fussy today. And my mom would always like remind me like, you're not stuck. Like Whoa. you have tools that you can utilize. You can text a friend. You can meet at a park. You can go for a drive. Like she would always remind me that like, I like that's like, you need to like reframe that. Like you're not stuck. Mm -hmm. Like that's a panic response to a really hard circumstance yes. um and that totally has helped me even now like a lot of mornings will just leave the house because I'm like I know that they're already going to be so naughty like we need to be distracted yes <laughs> we need some like external stimulation to help their brains adjust totally gosh that yeah. is like revolutionary advice just knowing that like you have options that's something my therapist helped me with a lot because of some of my like medical trauma I had with Flora and her birth and feeling like I don't have any options like I just have to do this c-section or whatever and it's amazing how much that belief affects everything feeling stuck yes totally yeah wow so what do you love most about being a young mom hmm I really, really, really love the fact that I feel like I'm growing up with my kids. And I love the fact that I'm going to be young still when they're entering adulthood. It's such a fun concept. Don't you <laughs> like just daydreaming about it? Or like, do you ever do yeah. the math? I'm like, when Flora is 20, I'm going to be 40. What? Yes. <laughs> So my mom got married really young and had kids really young. And they're, my parents are really young grandparents. And it is so fun. Um, I don't think, like, I want to have a lot of kids. So I might be having kids at the same time I have grandkids. But yeah, it's so fun. Like, it's, yeah, I just, that's the best part to me. Totally. And did you have a lot of friends who were, I guess, having getting married or like having kids at the same time? So we were the first ones. They just like all my friends have just started the people who got married. So, okay, this is kind of unique. My parents have like a friend group that they've been friends with, like all throughout their marriage. And they all plan to have kids at the same times. <laughs> all the moms got pregnant at the same times. No so way. 
my brother, my older brother, he has a group of friends that are his age that he's had since birth. I have a group of friends that I've had since birth. And I feel like we've kind of meshed like my brother. I have, I'm one of four. So they're like my lifelong friends. And we all ended up getting married within like the same three years of each other. What a gift. Go moms. Like I feel like that's kind of a joke that friends make, but that is brilliant. Yeah. And a lot of them like ended up getting married, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Stop. Yeah. It's kind of weird. (laughs) Kind of a dream, like sweet. Like their parents have known their spouse since they were babies. So um, we were the first to have kids and that was really hard and kind of isolating. Like, I don't want to make all new friends because then I have to like choose kind of. So it's been really fun. They're all starting to have kids, but we were the first. Okay. That's awesome. (laughs) That's so helpful. Yeah. I feel like, let's see. Well, it's interesting because John and I are from the same like hometown community. And so we had our friend group there, but then we went to college in California. So we like had friends there. We moved away and I did a semester abroad when we first got married. So we've kind of moved all over and I don't Mm -hmm. feel like we've necessarily had consistent like friend groups since Mm -hmm. we've been married at Mm. all. But I did have two of my really, really good friends in California had baby girls this past summer, um, which is so sad to leave. Yes, It's so sad because I was like thinking that I probably... Like, my friends probably won't have kids for a while, and mm-hmm. then they ended up having girls, and so oh. I miss them so much. But we still yeah. get to, you know, FaceTime and keep up, and yes. that's such a gift. Yes, it is such a gift. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your recent move and mm-hmm. home renovation. Your home is beautiful. Oh, thank you. It's a lot of work. I know it's a lot of work. Yeah, and, and you made this huge move like literally across the country yes so we um we we actually have been praying for about this move for a really long time so it wasn't like a shocker or a surprise so I feel like it's been like a long time coming you know um so we started coming out here and visiting um a year ago and then we made the decision um, in October to move. And my husband took a position at our church out here, Calvary Bureau. Um, and it's been really sweet. We are really thankful for our church here. And, um, I feel really connected to the people. And, um, I just think there's a lot more young stay at home moms here because the cost of living is a lot cheaper than obviously San Diego. So that's been like huge for us is just the fact that there's more like-minded families here that we get to like kind of rub shoulders with and do life with. Yeah. In terms of the house, um, we bought a house (laughs) and we uh, saw pictures of it online. My husband, we called a realtor within three days. We started the process of buying it and my husband flew out that week to come see it. And it was just totally like the Lord, like a provision from him because there were not very many houses in our price range at that point. Um, I had been looking for years and like the housing market here is just, I mean, everywhere. It's gone crazy. Yeah. But like houses were just like getting bought up like crazy here. And so to get this house was a huge blessing, but Mm. we bought it and the previous owners had three really large dogs And when we came in to sign our paperwork, um, it smelled like the worst dog smell I've ever smelled in my entire life. And so um, because of that, we've had to like peel back the layers kind of 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 the house and get rid of everything that smells. So like every wall had like a wall treatment. We had to tear up two layers of floors. And thankfully, like, our church came and did a lot of the stuff that, like, we wouldn't have been able to do with our kids with us. Oh, that's amazing. Before we got here. What church does that? (laughs) I know. They're amazing. Yeah. So um, they, like, renovated a bathroom for us 
it was like, it's just been seriously, like we are completely overwhelmed and shocked by the hospitality that they've shown us. Um, It's truly like taught me what hospitality is like they've brought us in and have like totally provided for us and um, like come alongside us and getting us like at home here. So we're finishing that up. It's been crazy. I don't recommend ever anyone doing this with two little kids. Because your kids are how old now? Three and They're four? They're four and three. Okay. Yeah. And wow. we don't like we have my brother and my sister-in-law here. They moved with us, but they're doing the same thing and they have an 18 month old. <laughs> so like on like when we have to do projects, our kids literally watch TV the whole entire day, like the whole time. Otherwise, they'll just like kill themselves and get in tr- into like terrible things, yeah. you know. I mean, I'm thinking of like nails are like the least of your worries with yeah. everything else. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think I think that's good for people to hear, right? Because I don't know, I've been thinking also about this concept lately. Actually, I love I love that you mentioned risen motherhood. Or was this mm-hmm. No, I was listening yeah. to Intentional Parents, actually. Those are, like, my two most listened to podcasts. Mm-hmm. But um, they were talking about, like, the death of dreams in yes. parenthood and how it's, like, something that we do on behalf of our kids, which is, like, total opposite of what culture tells us. It's, like, mm-hmm. you can be a mom and do it all. Like, you can do everything. And yeah. I think that is definitely my, like, personality. Uh, I'm inclined to think that way. And the Lord mm-hmm. has just been teaching me like you can't and you don't have to and Mm -hmm. so obviously it's great and so fun that you guys are doing this renovation but also to hear it's not just like an episode of fixer upper and you can do it all (laughs) and like we're so I think what we're we've learned is like we're so limited like there's limited finances limited time limited like capacity even like energy yeah to get the projects done um yeah you're faced with limits like and it's so good to see and like speak what your limits are mm-hmm. in the season and like yeah. for me like, I know I'm my energy is going so many different places just establishing being somewhere new that I'm like sometimes going to like a mommy group like it was really awesome and fun but like I'm so exhausted <laughs> And so it can be even more draining. And I'm realizing like, oh, that's a limit for me right now. Like, I just can't do that right now. But that means that that time will come. Yeah, you can do it all, but not all at once is something I've heard before. And that is like so sad to me, but also so freeing, you know, which is so good. Man, I can't wait to see your home as you continue to show bits and pieces on Instagram. It is so cute. So I know something that you share a lot about is your passion for home-cooked meals. And Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to just pick your brain on this because that has probably been like the biggest area of struggle for me. I mean, you were mentioning earlier, like, especially having young kids, it's like feeding yourself is one thing. But then when dinner time is, you know, five, seven, whatever. And Mm -hmm. your kids are having a really hard time, especially in that like mid-afternoon. It's like to even think about starting dinner or grocery shopping or any of that just can feel so overwhelming. But like contrasting that, when we do have a home-cooked meal, it's just amazing. It just like resets everyone. And obviously, I feel like that's such a gift to our family. So I would just love to hear like where this passion came from for you and why you're so passionate about it oh well first I think I love to eat (laughs) probably more than anyone I know (laughs) I really really love like eating and I love the experience like a really good meal I'm like one of those people that takes so long to eat a meal that it like everyone is joking like oh there's Sierra still chewing like (laughs) that is so good like I have chewing down (laughs) but um I, after I had Ada, I had some autoimmune issues that like really forced me to strip back my diet similar to like an AIP or like a, um, what is that one for like basically an anti-inflammatory diet. Okay. 
So I lived without bread and cheese and like everything good and wonderful for a year (laughs) while nursing, which is like the worst. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? I basically just ate like meat and vegetables and like one piece of fruit a day. It's terrible. so sad. And, um, and whole grain, like, like no wheat though. Um, and then I slowly started to add stuff in. And like that was like boot camp for me because it forced me to start cooking and really taking care of myself in terms of like eating enough and eating a lot because you're starving all the time when you're eating mostly meat and vegetables. Yeah. And yeah. So then um, at that point I realized like, oh, we can save a lot of money from eating at home. And um, when you're making all your food from scratch, you have to plan ahead. And so that really got me like meal planning because it's like, if you don't plan ahead, your beans aren't soaked, your grains aren't soaked, you're like, nothing works. (laughs) No. Yeah. Your meat isn't defrosted. That's like, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, it was just terrible. So then I, yeah. So then I started meal planning and that was really fun because it like, I'm naturally a very type B person. I am like highly creative and I'm very go with the flow. And so I'm like, Oh, if I eat at seven 30, like who cares? Or if I eat, you know, like I'm not rigid. Yeah. It's my fault actually. So the meal plan actually really helps me because it kind of like gives me a um, boundary and keeps me in. So Yeah. So I started meal planning and in the ideal week, I would like meal plan, grocery shop the next day or that day, and then um, have like a very detailed list of everything I need. So I'm not going to the store more than once Mm, because that gets really expensive. Um, And then a year in, I started doing sourdough because I really wanted to eat bread. And I figured out that my trigger is actually yeast, which is in vinegars yeah. Whoa. So oh I was like, I thought it might be dairy, but so then I like cut out cheese and milk. Um, and then I started drinking milk and I was like, I feel amazing. I love milk. I'm like totally a milk person. I love it now too. We get raw milk from like an oh, amazing yes. Amish family. And I, a few years ago would have been like cringing at myself, but now I just drink it as much as I can. Yeah. It's so good. I could drink it like water. It's really bad. <laughs> So then I um, introduced cheese and I realized I'm really highly reactive to cheese and I figured out it's the yeast in the cheese. So basically that forced me to start trying sourdough, like naturally fermented grain to see if it helped. And I could totally tolerate naturally fermented grain. Oh my Um, gosh. So that I was like, if I can have bread, my life is going to forever change. Yes. (laughs) So I started making sourdough and that's really how I got into – sourdough. Okay. Did you yeah. make your own starter or did you get some from someone else? I, so when I started the diet, I was like so determined and I tried to make like a gluten-free starter Oh, and it was so disgusting. It totally failed. It like got red mold all over it. <laughs> and oh my so gosh. then when I started doing a, like normal sourdough with wheat, I, um, got started from someone else. Okay. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. But oh. it's really not that hard. Now that I've done like the process, I'm like, I would totally start my own. But now I have mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I like have tried. That's a goal for this year. I like used to be like next week, I'm going to tackle this new project. Now I'm like mm-hmm. at some point this year, that's yes. something I would like to try. <laughs> bigger goals. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so I just can't wait to like dive into all of your sourdough. It's really fun. Resources. So whenever you meal plan, like, do you have boards on Pinterest? Do you have like cookbooks or would you start with like, I want to eat this much meat or just kind of what does that look like yeah. for you? So, um, I think like you can get a little bit ahead of yourself when you start meal planning because you get really excited. And so you put like a new recipe every day of the week and that's just like not feasible for anyone. Yeah. Um, So I would suggest like sticking to the basics. So um, you're making a plan and also trying new recipes. It's like nothing is worse 
then you making an amazing new recipe and your whole family doesn't like it. Um, so I like always ask my husband if what's one meal he, or two meals he wants to eat that week. Mm. Um, because obviously I want him to like the food that I cook. And yeah. so he'll say like, I'm really craving Mexican or I'm craving Italian. And so then I kind of go from there. Cool. And then the way I do it is I like to like switch it up. So I'll do like Italian one night, Mexican, just normal, like artisan. And then, um, like a rice bowl night and then like a random leftovers or breakfast for dinner night. And then, um, when it comes to like planning each day, I only try and do one or two new recipes a week. Okay. So like you're building your skills one or two days and you make that on a day where you either have help with the kids or like you know that you're going to have a larger chunk of time. And then, um, Yeah. So like basically I just stick to a protein, which is either like beans um, or meat. And then I season it according to like, if I'm going Mexican, I'm going to choose like Mexican spices. And then I sometimes like when I was first starting out, I would just Google like fajita seasoning Mm. and I would just make like literally go on Google and just add those seasonings. Yeah. And it doesn't require very much prep if you have like a stocked spice cabinet, um, you're just adding them and it makes your food taste incredible. So, and then, and then I would choose like a base vegetable, like vegetables and then a grain. And so every meal is like a protein carb and veggie. And that's like my basics nights. And then obviously on the recipe nights, it's a little bit more like whatever the recipe I'm trying is. That is so good. That you just like made that so simple. I love that how it's like, I don't know, it feels like you're almost in line at Chipotle, like building yeah. all of the things, but yeah. it's cool. Yeah. And especially with seasoning, I think that's something I'm just kind of been recently like learning more about. Like you said, it makes your mm-hmm. food taste so much better and you mm-hmm. can kind of go in just like so many different directions yes. and you don't even have to buy all these different like packets or whatever. No. I mean- I used to buy like taco seasoning for the longest yes. time. And now I'm like just tossing in some like cumin yeah. and salt and, and all that and stuff. chili powder. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And sometimes I think it helps too. Like, like if you are doing Mexican, it's nice to have like a list like taped inside of your pantry or inside of a cabinet that has like Mexican and all the Mexican spices listed. Oh, brilliant. Or like Greek, all the Greek spices and herbs listed um, yeah, that's super helpful. It's kind of like a, a key, yeah. like an answer key. And it's just kind of like, well, I know these will work together. Totally. That's really nice when you're first starting out. That's so good. Cause I feel like another thing that could be easy to do, especially if cooking is harder for someone to do. I'm speaking, I guess about my own experience, but like I would be on Pinterest looking at the recipe and then I would like just get distracted on my phone and I'd be like, I would rather do something on here than like keep cooking. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, having that so you can like stay focused as much as possible. Sounds Mm -hmm. like such a great idea. Yeah. Anytime I can take the recipe off of my phone. I mean, I say this, but I write recipes and put them on Instagram, (laughs) but like, if I can take a screenshot and not have it on the Instagram app or like exactly print it out, it really helps me. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Just like stay, stay in that zone. So this is a question I didn't really write down beforehand, but do you try to grocery shop with or without the kids? Okay. <laughs> this is a hard question. Since we've moved, I literally don't know where to buy groceries. It is like, I'm in like culture shock a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm used to, like, California health food stores and, like, basically any sprouts two minutes from my house. Um, So what I've actually started to do is Walmart grocery delivery. And I am, like, why did I not do – like, why have I not done this more? It's, like, a membership that you pay yearly, and they bring it to your house. And um, it's usually same day, and it's amazing (laughs) – Do you feel like the produce has like worked for you? Because I think that's been my one thing that I've been a little iffy on with doing like Instacart or anything like that is just Mm -hmm. wanting to pick it out myself. 
Yeah, I'm the same way. I think um, you definitely get like not as good produce. Okay. But we have a pr- a place here that has really inexpensive produce. Nice. Like it's my produce place. Yes. So I usually will just pop in there once a week because That's like cool. they'll have like bunches of herbs or like um, lettuces that I wouldn't buy from Walmart. Yeah. Like it's just more fresh. Totally. So That's cool. But like for, for apples or like something where I'm like, I know someone's going to choose a good apple. Yeah. If one's bruised, I'm like, it was worth me not spending the time with and lugging both of my kids in the store. Yes. I'll pay $10 to not do that. So if I, if I have to order $10 more of food to not have to go to the store with two toddlers, that's actually worth it it's to me. It's so worth it. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> such a great point. Yeah. That's a whole, a whole adventure. So yeah. what encouragement do you have for women who are like wanting to kind of start on this journey and feed their families well, but are just feeling a little overwhelmed? <clears throat> Why is it like worth it for you, I guess? I think like the first thing that comes to my mind is that you save so much money. Anytime you like eat out or you're buying something prepackaged or pre-made, you're literally paying for the labor, the marketing and the design of the packaging and the like you're paying so much more per ounce of food that you get. Wow. So like you get so much more food and you pay a lot less and you can actually up the quality so much for cheaper than what it would be to buy something pre-made or from like a restaurant. Yeah. So I think that would be like my biggest encouragement is like really assess how much money you're paying towards someone else doing a task that takes you like no time. Hmm. For example, like I recently started, like I stopped buying canned beans because I realized I'm paying someone to, I'm paying for the equipment basically. And if I buy an instant pot, I can buy like five pounds of dry beans and soak them and like, they'll be easier to digest. They won't have added oils and they won't have aluminum and they taste way better. And they're like, it pays off the whole instant pot. Yeah. In a year. Oh, that so, mindset shift is huge. Yeah. So that's been really big for me um, because I really do care about the quality of the food that we're eating. Um, but for someone that's overwhelmed, like I would just say like if you are putting scrambled eggs and toast and a fruit salad in your meal plan, that's great. Like mm. that's or like soup and grilled cheeses for the kids, that's better than going through the drive-thru yeah, and you'll save money and like, it's okay if it's simple. Um, but I think the practice of doing it is really beneficial. That's so good. I feel like, I don't know if you felt similarly. It sounds like obviously you're kind of on this path before your move, but I have noticed just how much less we eat out, which is funny because we moved to a city, mm-hmm. but I don't know. In California, it's just so dense. There was like so much right there. And I like really wanted to get to the red status on my Chick-fil-A tiers. But now it's like I've gone one time since we moved here, which is so funny. And I feel so much better about, yeah, not spending all of that money every time we go. Mm -hmm. I think too, like I feel better when I don't eat out. I notice when I eat out a lot, like um, I have eczema really bad. And that was like the autoimmune issue that flared really bad after I had Ada. But um yeah, when I eat out, if I eat out more than like twice, once or twice a week, I am covered the next week in eczema, like without fail. Wild. So I know like not everyone has that response, but there is something that it does to your body and your health. Like they're not cooking in good oils. Yeah. They're not using, like their animals are fed soy that's genetically modified. Like, sorry, I'm like pretty crunchy, but yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of our not listeners are too. <laughs> not everyone has these convictions, but um, it, yeah, it'll make a difference in how you feel. Totally. That actually reminds me, I feel like I've seen that you follow them as well. Have you found the account really very crunchy with all of her like hilarious yeah. reels? She yeah. just came out of nowhere. I'm like, yeah. I mean, maybe she has a different platform, but I'm like, what? Who are you? These are She's so funny. Up. They're so funny. Oh, I love it. Yeah. If you guys have yeah. not, 
found that account really very crunchy. It's so good. So good. During nap time, just go and watch all the reels. <laughs> yeah. My husband doesn't get it. Like, because I'm like a reader, like I just read like crazy. And so all these things that come up, I'm like, like I love yes. information. He's uh-huh. like, I like what is that? Like, it's so funny. Yes, to have like this niche that just gets it. It's mm-hmm. it's so fun. Yeah. Sierra, I feel like we could talk about so many things for so long, but we are going to wrap up the show here. I'm so thankful that you came on. I'm just going to ask a few more um, rapid fire questions that I like to ask every single guest. So yeah. what are three things that you have been loving lately? I have been loving. These are really random. Okay. Perfect. I really love my bullet journal. I never thought I was a journaler. And then I got a bullet journal and I'm noticed like I'm a list maker and I get so many amazing thoughts out through lists and like process my whole life through lists. And Which is um, wild because you said you're like a type B person. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. So I'm not like really like a creative writer, but I am a creative thinker. And so if I can write down one word that captures a thought, then it like totally propels me and makes me like want to write yes so bullet journal has been so freeing not having lines I think that's what it is I'm so type b that I can't handle lines on a page oh my gosh I'm I'm relating so much right now (laughs) so that's been one um we got a mini waffle maker and I've been making um mini sourdough toaster waffles and they are the best thing they're like egos but like times 100 they're so good i want to share the recipe soon please so you're like using your discard then yes <gasps> and they are and a ton of eggs and like they're so simple and they're so delicious with like pure maple syrup and just like tons of butter they're so good i i love how you posted something about just like the amount of butter that you put on your toast and i was like yes we go through so much butter us too and then the last thing is the grace lace podcast she just started releasing them every week and they have ministered to me so much in this transition. And she talks a lot about motherhood and young motherhood. And it's been amazing listening to her podcast. I was listening to it at the table, just like crying the other day um, because I felt like the Lord just ministered to me so deeply. Yeah, that is yeah. huge. I need to go and listen because actually, Kenzie, who helps edit my podcast, works for her, which is such a oh, small wow. world. How cool is that? I think she does um, some, like, social media stuff. And I know my mom has, like, the Grace Lace planners. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing how much, like, good Christian content is out there in so many ways. So I'd love to dive into that. Thank you for that recommendation. Of course. How can we as a community be praying for you? Mm, I would love prayer for over our whole family, just for grace and peace and patience in this transition. Patience with our kids, especially. It's a lot. Totally. Yeah. So much to adjust to and make new friends. And Mm -hmm. yeah, especially so young. We will definitely be praying for you in that. Thank you. And lastly, where can people find you and connect? Mainly I'm on Instagram at Sierra Denim. Um, I do have a website, sierradenim.com, but I am not posting yet. And I don't foresee any posts coming until our house is, like, more finished. (laughs) Totally. I totally get that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I am so excited for people to listen to this interview and just get inspired to cook for their families and also be encouraged in their motherhood. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I am so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. If you like today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because, guys, I promise we're super fun. (laughs) We share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. 
If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode.